0: Modern Dadhood
1: Modern. Modern podcast. <laughs> okay, okay, I think we're in sync with each other. This is Modern Dadhood, an ongoing conversation about the joys, challenges, and general insanity of being a dad in this moment. My name's Adam Flaherty. And I have two children. Hmm. They're both daughters. One is seven and a half, and the other is four and a half.
0: And my name is Mark Checkett, and I am a dad to twin boy three-and-a-half-year-olds. Do the voice. I need to hear the voice. Oh.
1: I'm three and a half.
0: Last night, one of my sons, I don't know why we were talking about that at bedtime. We were just talking about how old they were, and one of them said that, and I was like, that was so close to sounding exactly like the way Adam does it. I wish I was recording it.
1: <laughs> Halfway and a half. Sounded exactly like that. How are you today, sir? Are you are you well? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And yourself, you've got the day off. This is a this is a leisure day for you. This is big.
0: I yeah. I mean for the first so we my wife and I both took the week off and we got our kids off to school daycare this morning and got home and kind of looked at each other like what do, like what do we even do now like we we talked a little bit about the fact that we had the week off prior to this but then now that it's like the first day we were uh, like immobilized we didn't know what like how best do we capitalize on this time that we have together uh and yeah. we didn't well we made eggs we made a Good. delicious breakfast and we sat down at the table meaning like we didn't just stand and like hoover it into our mouths. We sat down, <laughs> we had some coffee and we talked a little bit and it was, it was, nice. it was a good way to start it. It was a That's good way nice. to start it. Um, we're really looking forward to just the quiet parts, like the, the restful parts of it,
1: well, good for which you. I include,
0: which I include this. I include this right now. this recording with you as like a restful period. I get to use a different part of my brain, which is nice. So thanks for that.
1: Well, I'm honored that you'd include that. Mm. So in the last episode, we left off with a conversation with your friend Ryan Murphy about IVF. And we are going to pick back up with part two of the conversation very soon. The last time that you and I spoke, you kind of laid out a little bit of a scenario happening in your family. And I wanted to check in and see kind of how things are going with the boys. Any new developments? Yeah.
0: No, I mean, my wife and I have started to introduce some new things, some new ideas, methods, approaches. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, some new ways of dealing with the tantrums or the, the, the elevated. It's more than tantrums. That's why I'm hesitating because it's not a tantrum is like okay, I'll wait this out, you know, I'll just, I'll make sure they don't hurl the cat down the stairs and I'll wait this out. What's going on with, with one of my sons in particular is it's, it's so much deeper and it lasts so much longer. And it's even when things are okay, we feel there's a little tension there. And I think I described it before as I'm feeling really disconnected, you know, from him uh, and a little bit as if, things are just out of control, but we, we've had some more discussions with our, uh, OT have an appointment tomorrow. Looking forward to that. And OT stands for OT and over the top. No, it stands for <laughs> occupational therapist. And what's your son's occupation again? He's, he's a mechanic. Okay. Actually. Yeah, I mean an occupational therapist can come into a lot of different scenarios for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons, but this one uh, she spe- specializes in in young children. Um and by the way, like we're talking about all sorts of things like autism and sensory things that maybe fall outside of the 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 norm, you know, sure. I'm putting air quotes around that cuz I don't the more we learn about humans, I feel like the more we realize, there's just there's no normal, there's no status quo, there's no like regular old person. Like people come in all shapes and sizes and dispositions. But we're also talking about things like ADHD, like all these things that you sort of I feel like sometimes you you hear them a lot, but you don't n- fully know what it means. So we're just getting into that world. So we're hesitant to label. He's also only three and a half, so we're really hesitant to label anything that's going on. But we're you know we're learning and we're exploring.
1: Yeah, I think that word spectrum is interesting because Mm. we used to think of everything as so black and white. This person is ADHD or this person is autistic or has Asperger's. Mm -hmm. And I think that at least in my limited understanding, what what we're sort of realizing is like kind of everything is a spectrum of some sort.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm 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 you know, the more I'm dealing with this and just the older i get maybe um, and the more that i experience the world in which i'm a parent which still sometimes just shocks the hell out of me the more i realize like your children are like it just sounds so dumb to say it but like they're their own people they're like your your kid is their their own person and you need to learn who that person is you don't just need to like teach and I don't know, mentor and keep safe and feed and change. But you also need to like learn who this person is and who they're becoming and what they're into and what their likes are and dislikes are and what preferences they have. And you need to be open to sort of receiving whatever it is that comes your way from them. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, you know, crashing down. (laughs) During this, like, realization of like, I need to be a lot more open. And something that Jordan Shapiro put in his book and that we discussed in the episode comes to mind a lot, which is I need to be able to like adapt. Mm -hmm. I need to kind of get away from that. I'm the parent, I'm the authority, I know better than you. And I need to be like, okay. I got to use my listening ears here. I need to understand a little bit better what's going on from his level, from his perspective. And I need to adapt in order to work with him. All that said, it's a work in progress. And I still get super mad when he wakes up at four in the morning, like he did two days ago and immediately starts losing his mind. Four mm. in the morning. We tried to gracefully pull him out of the room. So we didn't wake up our other son and he says, no, I want to go downstairs. And we're like, dude, it's four in the Like, I don't know how else to tell you, like, it's not time to wake up and never went back to sleep. And the rest of the day was a little bit of a disaster because of it. And I have no idea what to do with it. But we're, I think, you know, obviously we're working towards helping. I don't want to say correcting because there's nothing to correct. It's, we just have more to understand. um, And we need to develop some new tools along
1: the way. I'm in a better headspace though than I was the
0: last time we re-
1: we recorded. That's good, and I know obviously your family is is very mindful about this stuff, and you're going to do the work, you know, to understand it and to modify it if that if you need to. And but again, that doesn't make it any easier when things are really no. hard and chaotic. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's very different thinking about this stuff sitting here with you when the rest of my house is quiet versus. When he's running around the dining room or like he did, uh, I think it was this morning uh, and the the full, freshly folded basket of laundry gets picked up and hucked across the floor. You know, it's really hard in those moments to be like, I need to adapt.
1: (laughs) Right. Or to sit there and talk about what strategy you're going to employ. Right. Next. Yeah. When really you're just in survival mode.
0: Yeah. Because really in, in, in my head, I'm just going the fuck, dude yeah (laughs) what is going on with you we'll get there i hope (laughs) okay so we're gonna pick back up with our conversation with ryan patrick murphy and if you're Just listening to this episode and you didn't listen to the previous one, I suggest you do because we talked a lot about his journey uh, with IVF, which I believe, if I remember correctly, was going on for a year and a half, two years, I think at that at that point. And I think that's where we're going to pick up our conversation with Ryan. We're going to jump in and just see how they're doing. So you start the process, you. You learn about all this stuff. First of all, the first time you go through this, you're learning an insane amount about how the body works, about how these these drugs, how they work, the shots, the schedule, all that stuff. I mean, to the point you're talking about, you're I know you're you're looking at your notes and we were doing the same thing. It's like, you're trying to keep it all straight. You're trying to remember it. You know, and then you get this, oh, we retreat. There's nine, you know, and there's nine eggs. And you hear that and you're like, six months ago, I had no clue what a good number of eggs were. Were but now I'm here at nine and I'm thinking that sounds fucking great and so you kind of get your hopes up and I don't know about for for you but for me you know it was this like roller coaster ride you know of learning something and and feeling really good and then learning another thing and then feeling kind of like oh man. You know, and then hearing something like we've got nine and then there's the I mean, was it kind of like was your experience similar too, and where it was sort of this constant state of flux, these highs and these lows? Yeah, I
2: mean, and let's back up to January when we had our console first console. The, the one of the main questions we asked is what are the what are the rates of success? What are our IDF? chances? Yeah. So mm-hmm. they say with the first retrieval, the first uh, transfer, 35 percent. I'm thinking that's pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Our um, second time is 65%. If you go through this two times, it's going to be 65%. So you hear those numbers and you're very hopeful. And then you go through the nine, five, two, one, you know, to zero. And you're thinking, okay, that didn't work. I'm like, how can it be 65% the next time? Mm -hmm. And it's really just a cumulative you know, statistical thing, mm-hmm. uh, the more you do it, the better chances you have, but we definitely didn't hit 35%, you know, of start to finish. We were at zero mm-hmm. and, uh, and then we decided to do it again. But yeah, it's, you have these numbers in your head. There's a ton of hope. You wait for that phone call
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, uh, you know, you just hear your wife just weeping upstairs. Yep. And you know, it's not good.
0: And, yep. Uh, so then you make the decision, To try it again.
2: Yep. So this was June. We started it over again uh, to do the second retrieval. And this time we said, all right, we're going to test them all. We're going to spend the money. Financially, it costs about the same to test one compared to many. Not much of a discount. There's like
0: a two for one around here somewhere.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So she's getting the ultrasounds and they're looking at the number of eggs and it's not looking very good. It's not looking like it was as many as last time. She's got a notebook, you know, this thick of, you know, what num- her numbers were five weeks later, we find out that three of them they feel confident in mm-hmm. that th- they don't have any chromosomal issues and um, two of one gender, one of the other. So that's another crazy thing to think, Oh, I can put in the gender that I
1: want. Uh, mm, this is wild.
2: Yeah. So then we ended up transferring one of those frozen.
1: Is it either you choose or you ask them to just choose and not tell you? Or what are your options? Yeah, you do have that option, but we wanted to
2: choose. So the way I cryptically tell people so they can't guess the gender is I say, we had two of one and one of the other, and we put in. The one that where there were two of the same gender, so it's very cryptic. It's not going to tell them the answer, mm-hmm. but they're going to know that you know we put we know what we put in there.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: uh, we're trying to be as cryptic as possible.
0: Now, and you're a hundred percent sure. You're a hundred percent sure it's human, right? <laughs> did you <laughs> this did is you funny. test for that?
2: This is funny because my wife wants to. She said that she wants to test and make sure that it's what they said they put in. <laughs> <laughs> and, Where do you uh, go for that test? <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just a it's a normal test. But th- what we did was all this testing on the front end that in a normal pregnancy, you'd sort mm. of do while pregnant. So we'd right, already had right. a lot of that testing done in the embryo way much further than any natural pregnancy would have been tested.
0: Yeah. So the, the testing thing is really interesting, right? Because I feel like something that's kind of important, the older that you get, And it's a biological thing. The older a woman gets, it it takes so long. I mean, you can kind of think of it as a half a year or, you know, is just going by quickly. You do these two two or three times and several years of your life has gone by. You're getting older. The difficulty of carrying a child to term goes up. And the success rate on average goes way down for us. It was a little bit different in that our window was really short because my wife, among other things, she also had fibroids in her uterus and they were formed in such a way that they actually went all the way through the uterine wall, the lining, and they were causing her immense pain and that was sort of the beginning of our journey, was like learning about that. She had to go through a surgery. It was like an invasive, delicate surgery to, to actually to make room in the uterus. And the thing about the fibroids that she had was that the second you get rid of them, they start to grow back. Mm. So we were told, you probably have two chances before you, Jamie have to go back and get surgery again The and pressure, the, yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. And, and, but it's also, it's like, you got two choices. So what are we going to say? Like, we'll do our best. <laughs> Cause it's, it's kind of not really up to us, you know? And we got incredibly lucky. We were fortunate. Our first time didn't work either. So we had one more shot and it worked. And did now you we decide, don't have to think about it my anymore. Question is, but, did
2: you decide to put twins in that time? Because you knew you only had one more chance.
0: Yeah, so you, do you want to hear kind of a funny story? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, okay, so this takes place at the point, so they've, they've done the harvest, they've done the retrieval, and I've also done my job. You know. Which was what? My job. In the dark room in the corner? <laughs> that job. <laughs> yeah, I've gone to my weird, down-the-hall dark room job. You read
1: the erotic poetry from the three ring binder. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. And we
0: had several viable embryos at the end of the day. So we were, we were called, come down to the hospital. We're going to do a transfer. And Jamie and I had talked about it. Obviously we had talked it to, to death and we knew that we were going down to the hospital to transfer a single embryo. The one that looked the best, the one that looked like it was growing in the most healthy way possible. And so we go down, Jamie swaps her clothes for the, the blue hairnet and the, and the gown and all that kind of stuff. I have to wear, I have to wear the, the hairnet cause I'm going to go back with her. You know, we get our clothes on and we're just in a little, basically it's like all these stalls and everybody's got their curtain. Cause that provides a lot of privacy, a curtain, you know? And, So we're sitting in there waiting, and both of us are just nervous as hell. We're just sitting there. Our legs are tapping, and I'm joking around and taking pictures of dumb stuff. And the nurse comes in. She throws the curtain. She looks at her clipboard. She goes, okay, Jamie? We're like, yes, that's us. She's like, okay, so we're here to transfer two embryos today. I'll just need you to sign this paperwork, and we'll get going. And we go, two embryos? Say that again? She goes, yeah. Two embryos. That's what, that's what it, my notes say. And we, well, we talked to our doctor and we were going to transfer one. Why are you saying two embryos? So she kind of flips the pages back and forth and she goes, well, you know, I see that you've had fibroids and, and you're this many months away from that surgery and you're this age and this is your second time and you have this problem and that problem. It's our recommendation that you transfer two because your window is closing And the more that we put in, then the more chances there are of you getting pregnant.
2: More chances of you having your own reality show.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so we look at her and we go, can we have like two minutes to talk about this? (laughs) She's like, yeah. And she (laughs) throws the curtain and walks away. And Jamie and I look at each other and we're speechless for a minute. But, you know, the last thing she said was, this is what we recommend if you want to get pregnant and we were like, well, then what the hell are we doing any of this for if we don't want to get pregnant?
1: So we changed our mind on the fly. Did she tell you that you, that there was a significantly higher likelihood of having multiples? Yep. We knew that. Okay. And that was the big thing. That was the big thing was we were like twins
0: are a real possibility, but you know, just the way, the matter of fact, way in which she said it, made us realize, well, the only reason why any of this is even happening is because we want to get pregnant, is because we want to have kids. And if this is what they're recommending, we trust these people. We trust the science. We believe in the science. We're all in on this. Let's fucking do it.
2: How was Jamie at that point?
0: We both were kind of like, (laughs) you sort of, I don't know about you guys, but you sort of feel in control And completely not in control at the same time. We're like, we're making this decision. But also, there's so much just out of our control at this particular moment. It's being left to chance, but it's not. Because there's all this science involved.
2: Yeah, the reason I ask is because there is sort of like... Erica was probably one year from them recommending more than one being put in there. But it's it's (laughs) just like a statistical game where they're like, well, at your age... You know, we recommend just one at a time. And she didn't have any of the fibroids mm-hmm. or anything. But a year from now, yeah, it'd probably be, it's probably be two. Story. Yeah, it's, it's crazy.
0: And you, yeah, I mean, if you look at it like it's a numbers game, which is weird, because, uh, you know, as you, I think, Murph, it was you that brought up at one point, you know, when you're younger, you, you don't really imagine it going like this. Or not even younger, but fortunate enough to be able to get pregnant a a different way and you don't have to go through all of these things but your end result the the thing that you hope for and the thing that you want you know is the same as as, as any two people or uh, who kind of go through this situation and and the long and short of it is that we put two in and now we've got twins Uh, and our life is chaotic and insane a lot of the time but i can't even begin to imagine it any differently so you can actually watch did you watch the transfer did you did you get a chance oh, yeah. to watch it on the screen yeah didn't that a little bit of a doesn't that blow your mind a little bit
2: it's just like a little dot like a little air bubble at the end of the like we were we're going in you know like <laughs> they they have it on there on the
0: and you can yeah. watch you watch it just like float away from what's i guess it's kind of a catheter to a point and then you just watch this little puff just float into this gray area. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Like I didn't I guess I didn't know what to expect. So tiny. This just blew my mind.
1: I almost wanted to be like do it again. I want to watch another one from the moment that you you watched that happen on the screen. The transfer How long does it take before you will get that phone call either a good phone call or a, a bad phone call well so um my
2: notes say that we did the second transfer on the 17th so we implanted on the 17th so we had to wait until the 7th week to do that ultrasound i mean she's did she start
1: doing pregnancy tests
2: immediately right yeah she had to be less than a week they actually did blood work and she wanted to kind of wait for that, but at the same time, she didn't want to wait. So she did a pregnancy test. And? Yeah, and she was, you know, obviously pregnant. And it was, like, phenomenal <laughs> uh, that, it, that it kept, I mean, it was, like, the best news because, you know, you're waiting for that phone call. You do the blood work, they have to send it off, and it's hours later, and you get the phone call, and, uh, yeah, you're pregnant. Uh, you know, proven through the doctors, through blood work, and, uh, and. Not that she hasn't you know done it every day since to prove that she's still pregnant, <laughs> uh, but no the the joy, oh my gosh,
0: were you right there with her?
2: Yeah, well, I was downstairs when she got the call, and then I came up, and I knew that it was that. I think there was like a moment when she was on the phone with them where we sort of kept it in, but when when she got off the phone, mm. it was oh my gosh. The euphoria. It was. It was
0: amazing. High fives, chest bumps, the whole thing.
2: Just thinking back to everything we'd been through to get pregnant. It was amazing. Um, I don't know how else to describe it other than just that that euphoria of oh my gosh, we're actually pregnant. Can you believe that? Because uh, we had so much disappointment up to that mm. point, and uh, we were expecting disappointment. To be honest, you know, up to that point, she thought there was still something wrong with her. Or why? You know, why doesn't it keep? I actually remember I had uh, a therapy session. I was, you know, I, I'm once a month, I talk to a therapist just for good measure and um, mm-hmm. not required by law, but I do have a therapist <laughs> um, mean,
1: and he's saying <laughs> no
2: we went through the scenario. Um, I said later on, we're going to know if we're pregnant or not. And he helped me prepare for that situation. He said, you know, mm-hmm. in the moment, You've got to, you know, whatever those feelings are, if you're not pregnant, you've got to share that sadness, what you're both feeling together. The last thing she wants to hear is everything's going to be okay in that moment. Mm -hmm. So I was preparing to be in the moment with her and just feel the pain and just the disappointment. And uh, to know that I didn't have to, you know, go through that uh, as prepared as I was. I mean, I Mm -hmm. had actually gone through that step of preparing for the worst, it was, it was awesome when I didn't have to do that. And it was just all positivity.
1: Oh my God. Well, congratulations to you both. That's uh what a long, long journey. And, uh, thank you for sharing your story so candidly with us. Oh, uh, it's a pleasure. I, I, I want to give people hope
2: because there's a lot of disappointment out there and there's a lot of people that just can't have them, but, I believe in science. I believe it's worth a shot. You're going to go through some ups and some downs, but just knowing that, you know, you can get pregnant and uh, it can, it can work. And I just want to give people that hope not to read too much into statistics and um, mm. what your ex- friends experiences are, because everyone's going to have their own body, their own experience yeah. and, um, you know, just have hope that you can do it.
1: When is uh baby Murphy due? Cinco de Mayo
2: Fantastic really? Yeah That's too I'm funny gonna, My sister was born March 18th The day after St. Patty's Day She so was close. gonna be Patricia for, for, for her first name But because she was born The next day It was Aaron Interesting and So my parents Did use dates To affect things There's just no Hispanic And this ethnicity In our family So it might be Awkward
1: uh, well, Murph Oh boy, I think we've covered it all I, Yeah, I
0: think we've reached way past the end of this conversation But I'm thrilled that you decided to join us and tell your story So from the bottom of my thanks. little little heart Yeah, thanks Thank you
2: for, for coming I, on here I appreciate it Yeah, I, I was a little nervous, but I had my notes And uh, you guys are good at uh, fluffing me up
0: It was a pleasure My best, uh, my best to Erica
2: Y'all yeah, well, have a good night
1: Oh, Mark, Mark, Andrew, mom, (laughs) is it dinner time? I would love to try out a new segment with you if you're open to it. I think I'm open to it. Which one are you referring to here? Well, it's actually one of your ideas that you brought up in a, in a conversation fairly recently, Mm -hmm. and the segment is called Instant. Excuse me. Hold on. What was that? Sorry. Let me take the marbles out of my mouth. Yeah. Would you mind? Instant regrets.
0: Damn. Instant regrets. I just said something stupid to one of my kids. Instant regrets. I wish I could take it back, but I can't. Instant regrets. Stupid. Instant regrets. Regret. Do you want to explain it? I'll do my best. Here's the setup. I suppose I, I feel, and I'm sure you do as well. That, I don't,
1: I, de- I, I don't. Well, f- then
0: let's just can the whole thing proceed. You don't feel, you don't feel at all.
1: No feeling. I think you need a hug. That's mm-hmm. what it sounds like desperately.
0: I feel as if there's many occasions where I am conversing with one or both of my children, where I am just sort of saying stuff to get through a moment either because I'm exhausted or I just I'm tired of answering the, maybe the same types of questions over and over. And I'm just feeding, you know, I'm just feeding answers. And sometimes I find myself all of a sudden saying something as I'm saying it. I think, oh, crap. Okay. I don't think I should say that. But when I make that realization, it's too late. I've said the thing. And so I, I, I instantly regret saying the thing.
1: When we were talking about this originally, we were referencing Mike Berbiglia. Yes, yes. And this bit that, that he has called...
0: Well, what I should have said was nothing. Not a ripoff. Not a direct ripoff, because we changed the name of it. And we're crediting him. So I'll give you an example. I have an instant regret moment. Maybe last week, post-bath time, kids had to brush their teeth. And they were putting up a little bit of a stink... And we have a thing in our household where, um, we try to explain like germs and we use the word bugs. And so they know that like their tummy has little helpful bugs. And sometimes there's, there's bugs that can make you sick. And on your hands, there can be bugs. And in your mouth, there can be bugs. So we say, don't forget, you got to clean off all the sugar bugs. Okay, and that's, that's a, a cute that's, way of saying it. Yeah. And that's actually full credit goes to our, our friends, uh, Don and Conrad out in Montana, because they have they've had kids well before us. And, and that was something that they we learned from them. So we Sugar use and it works bugs. Really well. Sugar bugs. So, we're so talking, really, it's a
1: really nice, nice euphemism for tartar. Right. So they're putting up a little
0: bit of a stink. And I'm saying, guys, you know, you don't want to get you don't want to. The, the sugar bugs to get out of control. And this is the end of the night. I'm already, I'm ready to be on the couch. So I'm half in it. And they're like, well, but why, why do I have to? Well, because you know, your, your teeth will get dirty and they'll, they'll start to to rot. You don't want that. What does that mean? Why? And they're just coming back at me with this like tood and asking all of these questions. And I'm just like, I'm just like Leaning against the bathroom wall, shoulders kind of slumped and head back, just trying to field all of these questions, but just don't.
1: And I know, I, en- my- I know exactly <laughs> that posture because I yeah. feel like every day at a certain point when it's like getting ready for bed, I find mm-hmm. myself in that same posture. Yeah, my eyes are half shut, my head's leaning against the wall, yeah. and I'm in my head. I'm like can we just get through this next 10 minutes? Like without me reminding you to do every single step and without having to answer question after question of things yeah. that like, I'm happy to sit down and explain in depth. Yeah. Just not yeah. right now. Maybe not right now. <laughs> we could pick
0: this up at another time. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but in those moments, sometimes the, 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 that mechanism in my brain, that, that, switches over to like sarcasm that dial starts to get a little bit loose and starts to to float back and forth between Mm -hmm. you know i'm trying to teach you to be a parent and i don't care anymore about anything (laughs) and so i find myself saying like well you don't want you know look if you don't do it then the the sugar bugs while you're sleeping they're just going to crawl out of your mouth climb up your face and go into your eyes that wasn't nice of you
1: to say mark
0: And I got to like the eyes part and I realized like my, the tone of my voice had shifted and I, instead of being slumped with head back, I looked down at them and they're both just standing there like eyes open, you know, toothbrushes in hand, like mouths open, (laughs) not saying anything. Petrified. and, And I instantly regretted taking that too far and of course, in my mind, I'm like, OK, one of two things is going to happen. I'm not going to say anything else. And they're going to go to bed and then they're going to wake up screaming from nightmares. Oh, yes. Thinking that there are literal bugs on their face trying to get into their eyes while they're sleeping or have to backpedal a little bit. And that's like precarious situation because I only want to backpedal so far because the sugar bugs thing works. You know, so I want to backpedal, but I don't want to totally squash the whole sugar bugs thing. Well,
1: yeah, because if the sugar bugs are in there, how could they not crawl out and go into your eyeballs?
0: Right. Yeah. It makes a little sense. You was terrifying as it is of a thought. Like it was just it got ridiculous word salad at that point, trying to get them to finish brushing their teeth. And, and it's then, word
1: salad because that moment that the instant regret sort of pings in your brain, mm-hmm. it's like thought salad too right yeah. you're like oh, <laughs> it is like how, how do i get myself out like yeah. i really yeah. screwed up oops crossed the line they're terrified that was an instant regret brings us to another closing this of is an the episode. end man this is where we've made it i gotta say i uh i really like your friend murph i think do he's a good you? dude i i think he's a class act we should give another plug to ryan's podcast chukka talk with Ryan Murphy for all of you polo cross fans out there. That's (laughs) C-H-U-K-K-A-T-A-L-K-K-A. It can be found wherever, probably wherever you find Modern Dadhood. Yep. Speaking of which, for more information on Modern Dadhood, you can visit moderndadhood.com. You can find our podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, anywhere you might listen, and we would ask that you please consider taking just a moment to give us a quick rating and review, uh, as well as a follow or subscribe. You know, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Sometimes we put up
0: some content there that you don't see on the show or hear on the show. Uh, You can also go to moderndadhood.com. All of our episodes are there. Also, we have a little... A little shop. Did you know that, Adam? We've got t shirts and modern dad hoodies for sale
1: on the website. So please buy them. We welcome you to email us anytime at hey at modern dadhood.com. And we would like to thank a few people, including, mm-hmm, oh, Casper Baby Pants and Spencer Alby for the, I'm going to go ahead and say, amazing music on the show. It, it's amazing. Also, thank you to Stuffed Animal for the. <laughs> Instant Regrets Jingle. Thank you to Pete Morse at Red Vault Audio for, I think there's like
0: knobs and faders and all sorts of audio engineering magic that he does to make us sound really good. I'd also like to thank my good friend, and hopefully maybe now your good friend, Murph, for joining us on the show and, frankly, for telling a, a,
1: a personal story as well. He left nothing up to the imagination. He doesn't. That's part of Murph. And like we always say to close out the show, we want to send a very heartfelt thank you to you for listening.